I don't think consumers differentiate between 85, 95, and 90. People only differentiate between zero and hundred. At the top, there's only room for one, right? I believe in India, 80% of celebrity usage in advertising that I see is not thought. Creating is easy. What to create is a million-dollar question. Hi. You're listening to Marketing with Vani in which I speak to marketing gurus. Together we decode how marketing works in the real world to grow your business. We all hear of a lot of young 20 something startup founders in the news these days. These founders have reached here because they're standing on the shoulders of giants. And today I have the privilege of talking to the OG the original giant of the indian internet startup ecosystem you may have guessed it right i'm talking to sanjeev bigchandani founder infoedge which minted several unicorns like nokri.com policy bazaar and zomato listen on to this masterclass on building and scaling up a startup the first thing i want to ask you since you do look at so many pitch decks every day and you have invested in as many companies as you have you are the godfather of investing in, in a sense of startups what do you look for in an in making an investment decision what are the five six things if i had to ask you the top things that you look for in making an investment decision first of all thank you for inviting me shivani this is a pleasure see when we first began to invest we went in completely untutored uneducated you know uh, we've been investing for the last 14 years but until about a year and a half two years ago we didn't uh, ever hire anybody in our team who had prior investing experience so we have learned on the job so a little bit of common sense a little bit of luck you know and we got into it right in hindsight a lot of what i'm telling you is hindsight when we were actually doing it first we didn't really uh, fully understand it the first thing we look for is some evidence of natural traction what i call natural traction now what is natural traction okay. it means that the site or the app is getting traffic and usage without spending much money on advertising which means that they built some sort of magnet that in co audience aa raha hai customers aa rahe hain aur kuch engagement hai kuch sale hai kuch hai and they are bootstrapping and they don't spend much on advertising because they can't afford it but it's still happening now that is clear evidence of what that is clear evidence of they've got something there which is some sort of magnet which is perhaps uh, solving an unsolved problem which is why people are coming which is uh, you know agar isme investment gayi to it can scale up on on the basis of this evidence ki kuch ho raha hai wahan pe right customer aa rahe hain right uh, now when you peel away this reasons for natural traction you discover many things ki it's uh, hitting a hot button it's solving an unsolved problem it is some unmet need some gap in the market right something is there which is causing right. this natural traction so i'll you know when i met dipinder goel for the first time in 2010 that founder of zomato that time zomato was called foodie bay right and he was 28 years old he was you know five years out of iit he'd worked in bain consulting and you know he was running this site foodie bay which i really liked and what i liked about it was there were several restaurant sites restaurant listing sites but foodie bay was the only one with all the menu cards right and i used to really find it useful that you could go to the restaurant page figure out what dish what price compare it to this one you know 
these dishes, this price, whatever, and then decide where to go. And then decide where to go, or even mm-hmm. dial up and order it and uh, order delivery or, or takeaway. Right? The other restaurants had photographs, they had reviews, but they did not have this data. So I reached out to him and I said to him, uh, we met for the first time. It was a pure cold call. I didn't know him earlier. I just sent him a cold email. And I said to him that, listen, where did you get the idea from to put on the menu cards? I find it quite useful. And he said, look, I was working in Bain Consulting. Now, Bain Consulting, there were maybe 50, 55 people working there in Gurgaon, mostly young, mostly male, mostly single, several living away from their hometowns, which basically means they would not get food from home. Right. Now, office hours were long because consulting, right? You invariably ate two meals in the office, lunch and dinner. Right. Uh, there was a cafeteria in the office that would not serve food, but you could bring your own food in. But these are young lads. Okay. And to make life easy for the people in the, in the company, uh, the admin staff had compiled, had collected, I think, their delivery menu cards. Delivery menu cards are maybe 80 restaurants that would deliver to their location and put them in a file folder in the cafeteria. He said, you could not take the file folder to your desk because this is a shared resource. So you had to come there, wait, stand in line, say, one o'clock, eight, but they line like that. And, you know, you wait 15 minutes to get access to the file folder. Then you have 30 seconds to look at it. Then you call up the restaurant and you place the order. Then you come back after one hour and the food is delivered. So he says, huge pain, huge pain. So he says, one Saturday I came in and I scanned all these menu cards and put them up on my personal page on the office intranet. Right, and within two days, within two days, the uh, you know the the, the IT infra guy came to me, and the IT infra guy came to me and said, "Hey, how is it that ninety-five percent of internal traffic is going to your page?" He says, "That's when the penny dropped, and I figured this is not just my problem; it's everybody's problem." And it's if I and he went out on weekends with his boss's permission, went out on weekends uh, and did a personal project, and he gathered menu cards from 800 restaurants in Delhi and CR. When wow. he had that, when wow. he had that, he put it up on a site and he called it Foodie Bay. And traffic began to come. And that's when, you know, a, a few months later, I called him. Right? right? So he had got that customer insight. Right. Okay? That this is an unsolved problem. This is an unsatisfied need. That, that aggregation of menu cards has got value. Right. So keep on aggregating menu cards and restaurant data and put it up. And traffic will come. So based mm-hmm. on that customer insight about that unsatisfied need, unsolved problem, he was able to execute a very simple idea very well, which in hindsight, people say, hey, how obvious. But that's the thing about some many great ideas. In hindsight, others say, right. hey, that is so obvious. Yes. But it wasn't so obvious. If it was obvious, he right. would not have been the first guy to do it. So you need, right. you need, you know, so, so so when we meet a company which is demonstrating this kind of, and one of the most important questions we ask is, Ye idea kahan se aya? how do you get this idea? Right. And it gives us a lot of confidence if that idea has come from a customer inside of this nature, as opposed to, hey, it's working in America, so I copied it and brought it here. Fantastic. So you've said, the first thing, look for business uh, natural attraction. Natural attraction. Apne aap traffic. Natural attraction. Okay. Right. Uh, and and right. when you peel away, you know, uh, the, what's behind the natural traction, you come across stuff and stories like this. Now, we have also invested in companies that are pre-revenue, pre-product. 
right? For example, right. when we were in Policy Bazaar, which is also a big success for us, uh, it had right. not launched. It was a concept. It was not even a PowerPoint. It was a conversation. An idea stage, which means that they didn't have any nothing, business. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No product. No, no nothing. Right. Okay, okay. so Yashi Daya met me and he said, I'm willing to bet. He said, I want to launch, a com- I want to launch an insurance comparison site. I said, insurance comparison? Okay. I said, insurance comparison? Just uh, samjha. Hmm. He said, I'm willing to bet that hmm. you're you're paying 60% more for your car insurance than you need to. I said, don't hmm. be silly. You know, I'm buying from a public sector company. Uh, I, I bought it. The dealer sold it to me along with the car. And every year I renew it. Yeah, public, it's standard insurance, standard company, standard price. Yes, what are Standard car. Huh. So, uh, huh. he said, no, no, I'm telling you. So, he said, take out your car insurance papers. So I had them in, in my office. So I took them out. Right. Told him. He said, "Okay, right. fine. So and so car, so and so year. When no, 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 uh, you haven't ca- accident no, no accident insurance right. taken in the past, right? right? All of that. Give me t- ten minutes." And he queried some databases somewhere on his laptop, okay. and he came out okay. with eight quotes. And sure enough, the cheapest wow. quote was forty percent lower than what I was paying, and I was stunned. Wow. And to me, that was a crazy value proposition. Right. That if there is so much variation in insurance prices and so much opacity and so much lack of customer knowledge. Exactly. Because see, insurance, we actually don't understand what you're buying. We, bought, we buy car insurance, it's a legal requirement. So we do it. Uh, we yes. used to buy life insurance because of tax savings. Yes. Right. Now you may do it for other reasons because tax saving, uh, you know, may not be there so much anymore. People don't fully comprehend the insurance they buy. Right. So, yeah, exactly so and, and, you, and you don't really know how to compare this policy with that policy. So, so when I saw, you know, but the price is something you can hang a hook on for a standard policy. Correct. 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 When I saw this kind of variation in prices and this kind of opacity and this kind of lack of knowledge in the customer, I said, "Ye to kam karega." Hmm. And there was no other offering like that in the market. Right and so this was truly undifferent. I'm mean, sorry, truly differentiated. This was truly novel, and the the customer proposition was very very apparent. Over absolutely, here. but you see, even Zomato was differentiated because nobody else has got many cards. Now it it would have right. now it would have been possible somebody to copy it, right? It would have been possible, uh, just as it's possible to somebody to copy the policy and people did. Correct, correct, correct. But the correct. point is, if you're first mover, if you're innovator. And you right. move fast, and you build traction. Hmm. And once you start getting traction, you raise money, and hmm. then you build brand hmm. uh, and dominate the, the category. Then it's hard for somebody to copy you. And people can copy you in terms of product hmm. offering, but it's hard for people to actually get that kind of uh, eyeballs and traffic share. Especially, Fantastic. especially if it's a network effect business. Right. Which many internet businesses are. They're network effect businesses. A little more about this network effect businesses. What do you mean by that? So, well, so network, so let's let's call it a business of the virtuous circle. Okay. Uh, so let me give you an example okay. of Nokri. At, at Nokri, right. you know, we've got the most jobs. Therefore, we get the most traffic because jobs are a traffic magnet. People want to know about jobs. Right. right. We get the most traffic. Therefore, we get the most response. We get the most response, therefore we get the most clients. We get the most clients, therefore we get the most... Yeah, so it's a a virtuous circle that snowballs. Now, if you've got a good virtuous circle going for yourself, then you can invest more in innovation, product development, sales, Mm -hmm. customer service, 
and brand building. Hmm. And that will strengthen your virtual circle. So if you look at media markets, most media markets, take a look at newspaper market, right? Hmm. Most newspaper markets are markets of the virtual circle. I've got the most circulation. Right. Therefore, therefore I can subsidize my price of paper. Right? So it probably yeah. costs 15, 20 rupees to produce the Times of India. But to sell it for 150 yes. or two or whatever, I don't know what the latest price yes. is, right? Yeah, yeah. The 1350 the, the you know, deficit is more yes. than made up for advertising. It's only yeah, absolutely. And that's how you build a fortress. It's a market of the virtual circle, right? Now, mm. any offline consumer brands, you know, physical products are not like that. But certainly mm. media brands are like that, internet brands very often are like that. We not take all markets. Mm. Very nice. So in the stuff that you spoke about earlier, Sanjeev, there's a lot of, uh, you said a lot of things. You talked about the importance of consumer insights. You talked about solving and unsolved problems. I want to delve into each of yeah, these. Yeah, but, but, but before we more. go there, there are a few other things yes. we look at apart from this. Okay. You look at quality of team, commitment yes. of team, integrity. You look at commitment, capability. You look at people's skills. Okay. You look at uh, competition. You look at market size, hmm. potentially. Hmm. Right? Hmm. You look at, are customers really happy with this? You talk to customers. Hmm. Right? Hmm. You look at margins, unit economics, you look at path to break even, path to profit. So those are, that's, those are the things you look at. Fantastic. Apart from so what you I've talked about business traction. Is this uh, differentiated or does this have the ability to attract more business? Is there a genuine consumer need you're solving for? Then you talked about the quality of the team, competition, people skills, market size. Is is, the, is there a large enough market? Are consumers happy? Unit economics, which are all the financials. Yeah, one more thing, which uh, which, uh, which I mentioned. Is it, is it defensible? Now, if it's a if it's a if you've got a virtual circle going for you, or can get it going for you, it's defensible. If you can, if you've right. got some IP, right. it's defensible. If you've got a product formulation, it's a mirror taste alag hai, or the, the, the legendary Coke formula, right? Right. Right. If you've got that, that's defensible. Right. And if you can right. build brand, it's defensible. Right. So on this point on defensibility, I'm coming to my next question now, Sanjeev. On this point on defensibility, now, if someone copy that's great. But if you're in most categories, in most categories today, it's very, very difficult to get to. You know, there you talked about the first mover advantage as, as Zomato had or as uh, Policy Bazaar had. But if I'm entering an already crowded category, then how does one build an IP? Which means my product itself might not be differentiated. In the online world, when you're building a platform or you're building a website, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's not a physical product you're selling. You can differentiate right. because that's you're limited by your imagination. At the end of the day, Zomato right. was differentiated; it remains differentiated. Policy Bazaar was differentiated; right. it remains differentiated. But it has, but both these companies now have many, many other aspects of their defensibility. Not where you're saying it's not limited to the product or the service you're offering. It's it's also about when you, when I say service, it could be the user interface. It could be correct. the the experience in the delivery, it could be in how soon you deliver, etc., etc. Let me give another example from the online world in Nokri, right? So in Nokri, you know, you think it's a job site, 
but actually 60% of our revenue comes from the resume database where companies pay us money to access our database resumes only 40% does not come from there right now when you build a large database of resumes right so we now have got seven so let me give you an, let me give you an example from the online world from nokri right right at nokri we do probably 50 or 75 innovations a year on the product many of them you don't see because wow. they're behind the scenes we tweak the algorithm right. we do something else right so what you you think nokri is a job site but actually 60% of revenue comes from the resume database where, where companies pay us money to access a database of resumes we've got close to 7 mm-hmm. crore maybe over 7 crore resumes right so one in 20 mm-hmm. indians is with us right mm-hmm. now wow. when when you have a, such a large database of resumes and you search it so let's say you're searching for a simple search c c++ java as a skill set 3 to 5 years experience right. b btech computer science located in bangalore right you may you right. may get 300000 resumes or 200000 large number of resumes right now the truth is there are very many unarticulated criteria mm. that a recruiter has mm. in his or her head where they look at a cv right. and apply judgment yeah okay. this company you know doesn't really fit that project uh, you know he's not done our kind of projects no this is a services company we want a products company so they use many many stuff things that they can't apply they can't they can't right. articulate in a written search but they use their judgment right. to shortlist or not shortlist correct okay so now when you get 300000 resumes right you could find two relevant ones on page 1 nothing on page 2 3 on page 3 1 on page 4 and so on and so forth so to get together 30 yeah. 40 or 50 resumes you have to go through maybe 100 pages of the search yeah. that takes time is is a yeah. pain and yeah. we said is there a way we can understand without asking the recruiter what are the unarticulated criteria that what is how is his judgment formed right. and then if we can understand that can we group those cvs on top right fantastic now non trivial problem it took us 3 years to crack it but they finally came out with something that delivered and i would imagine arriving at this or even arriving at this understanding that you're talking about which is there are so many things in his head which are unarticulated you would have observed the consumer very very carefully how do you get to know that there are so many things unarticulated in yeah so i'll i'll come to that but let me just i'll come to that okay so so basically we we did something we produced an algorithm which we, we right. which is our ip we but we did not apply for a patent because when you apply for a patent mm. you disclose we don't want to disclose how we're doing it it's a trade secret mm. right okay. and we just said okay. if you like what any one cv there's a button here saying view similar cvs right you click on that like and the, and the search mm. reorders itself right. and the ones you like all come together at the top Fantastic. so we introduced this and within a week there was feedback from the sales team hey our clients are going crazy how are you doing this is fantastic what a what a killer move Oh. right but because mm-hmm. we had the algorithm and our competition doesn't right we have right. we have differentiated in a manner that's not copyable right. easily and yes we are able to do that because we able to invest more in r&d right 
by hiring more engineers, smarter engineers who can do stuff like this. Right. And we're, right. we're able to do that because we already have the virtuous circle going in our favor. We are making so much profit. Right. So we reinvest that profit in some stuff like this to differentiate the product. Now you mm-hmm. asked a question of how do we find out? So, mm-hmm. so very simple. We have a sales team, a field sales team that goes out and meets, meets clients. Now we began to put the sales team together in around the year 2000 or 2001. Right. They would go out and make sales calls to HR managers. What we did was we created a Yahoo group. In those days, there were the Yahoo groups, which are email groups of all the salespeople, of the marketing people, the product engineering people, and all the senior management. So about 250 okay. people on one Yahoo group. Right? Okay. And we told the sales guys, you go on sales calls, whatever your customer tells you, please put it on this group. Fantastic. I went to this customer. This is what he said. This is working. This is not working. This is a gap. Right. This is this. This is that. Why don't you think of this? Competition is doing this, right. right? And this feedback would come in every day, right? From all the salespeople around the country, right? So we had found a way to a platform where customer feedback was coming in every day. So if there are two fifty salespeople mm. making four sales calls a day, there's thousand sales calls. Mm. Hmm. Even if one fifth of them report right. something, you're getting 200 pieces of feedback. That's it's coming to the head of sales, head of marketing, head of technology, head of product, the CEO, head of finance, everybody. Hmm. Right? Fantastic. Okay. And so each knows how. what do I need to do differently? Well, so, you know, obviously you can't act on every single piece of customer feedback. But if a pattern emerges, right. hey, there may be something right. else. Try and yes. do it. So enough customers said, you know, it's a pain. You know, uh, uh, there are lots of irrelevant CVs that come when I search. Then we figure, uh-huh. then we go and talk to them and say, boss, what do you mean by relevant? You did the search, right. the CVs that came out fulfill this criteria. Ha, but it's me, yeah, it's me, yeah, it's me, yeah, yeah. Then you, then you figure that there's a whole bunch of unarticulated stuff where they apply judgment. Hmm. And then you say, okay, problem statement is how do I understand what the... So you would have never arrived at this had you not had an ear to the sales You have to keep talking to the customer, getting feedback. Uh, hmm. you know. And you can never assume that you, you've solved the problem. You can never assume that uh, I already know enough. So let me tell you something. If you are, if you are a thousand resume database of the sort, because there aren't so many resumes that will come up in the search. Correct. Then Correct. the problem will be, hey, we don't have enough resumes. Okay. Correct. How, but Correct. the moment you have seven more resumes... Right, you you get this problem that there are so many resumes that don't meet my my my, my unarticulated criteria. So new problems okay. keep emerging, customer keeps evolving, competition moves, customer has new needs, hmm. customer suddenly says, "Hey, you don't have enough AIML resumes." Now hmm. the customer needs have evolved. He now wants AIML resumes. He did not want them ten years ago. Right. So it's just a constant feedback mechanism that you have which is a surrogate for consumer research, which you've developed. And over here, what you've also done is because you have heads of all all of these functional heads on that group, they're also seeing how what each of them do is affecting. Yeah, so, that, so, so that's, that's what we did in the 2000, 2001. But they hope uh, since then, Yahoo Groups has stopped being used. Now, there are other ways to do it, but we are, we are constantly right. customer feedback. Right. And how would you do this uh, now? Simply? WhatsApp. I mean, it's much faster. 
Okay. So you have a big WhatsApp group. I mean, I, I, I guess now, you know, there are so many people in the company that, uh, you know, not everybody's on every group. So there are different teams doing different stuff. So the head of Nokri business would be doing it. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. So tell me in this context, Sanjeev, what will the future of marketing look like? Is the future of marketing going to change? I mean, now there are just so many words, there are so many fancy jargons that a lot of us use. We're talking about data, we're talking about AIML, we're talking about mass personalization. What aspects of marketing do you think might remain the same? No, look, the fundamentals don't change. Uh, you know, you are in the business of uh, creating value for your customer, solving an unsolved problem, delivering some benefit, uh, making a promise and fulfilling it, satisfying a need. That doesn't change. And hopefully doing it better than competition. Okay. Hopefully become a preferred brand for your customer or at least enough customers that, uh, you know, you're a viable business. Right. That doesn't change. Okay. Um, now you can innovate in the summer. Mm. You can differentiate, do R&D, add new products, add new, I don't know, you can change the formulation a bit. You make it work better. Mm. You can improve the packaging. Right. 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 But the, but you may use big data. You may use data analytics if you get customer data mm. to figure out right. uh, what the customer wants, needs, is not getting, and how you can how you can satisfy the customer better. Right. But first, you have to get that data. Right. Yes. So, the traditional way of marketing is FMCG. I, I my first job was in advertising. My second job was in. Um, the Holix company, so I know a little bit about FMCG and a little bit about advertising. You know, was hey, do some market research, understand the customers, produce a product, give it a distribution channel, advertise, hopefully big tiger, but many brands would fail. Hmm. Right. Obviously, what they were doing was not good enough. Right. right. They didn't have enough of an understanding of the customer need. Hmm. Look, distribution many companies can do because. You, if you're already a company which has got a good distribution network, you will put the new product in your distribution network. Correct. But mal bikega ni bikega. The Correct. customer wanted padani. You will advertise on TV also. Correct. You'll hire a Haan. big agency and produce a decent creative and put it on and spend Haan. you know tens of crores on it. But Haan. mal bikega ni bikega, you don't know. Ultimately, Haan. the moment of truth is when the customer buys it the second time, not the first time. Correct. Absolutely. Keep. I yes. used it. I liked it. I've come back again. Yes. Absolutely. So the greatest uncertainty for a marketer is inside the customer's head or the consumer's mm -hmm. head. Mm -hmm. So can you get into the consumer's head and figure out? And that's where you may use data. In yes, yes, you yes. Use data you, I mean, you, you, market research, consumer conversations, right. just observations and mm -hmm. data. Hmm. Very so good. I'll tell you a simple thing. Supposing, and I believe some companies have done it. I believe Unilever has done it. I do not know what the response has been. But if you simply put a toll-free number on your pack, hmm. if you're an FMCG business, and say, hmm. call us and talk to us. Hmm. We want to hear from you. Okay? You may be surprised by the response. And if hmm. you have a call center at the back hmm. where people are talking, and recording, hmm. right? You know. So, for example, uh, uh, let's let's take the example of a brand. Which are which are the brands you're working with? I'm working with a bakery brand called the Baker's Dozen, with a company that helps women solve for PCOS. So let's let's take let's take the PCOS company, right? 
Okay. Let's take the PCOS company. Yeah. Okay. okay. Why can't there be a telephone number with expert advice at the side on the phone? Just not not pushing the product. Just to say, hey, I have this problem. What could it be because of? Okay, consult your doctor here. Okay. You know, what are you doing so far? What has your doctor said? Okay, okay. how old are you? Okay. What's your diet like? Right. I'm sending some links and resources. Right. right? PCOS right. is fixable. You know? Right. Uh, so a counseling service. In the process, you get customer data. In the process, mm-hmm. you understand the customer concerns. In the process, you figure out, hey, this, you know, we got we got, we got 5,000 calls in the last three months. Mm-hmm. Here are the patterns that are emerging. So a 20% yes. call center working eight hours a day, you know, taking, you know, maybe, uh, say, eight calls a day by per person, which is, you know, 160 calls per day into 25 days, right? right? You're, you're talking about, you know, 3,000 calls a day. Three and a half thousand calls yes. a month, right? Yes. Those are those are prospective customer touch points that will just help you. Now, that's data. Now somebody sits and analyzes mm-hmm. the data. Somebody sits and listens to those conversations mm-hmm. that are recorded. Right. Somebody, hey, I want to talk to this customer again. Somebody calls the customer. Oh, it's invaluable data because right? it used to be that people will go out with questionnaires to mm. people's homes. The आपके घर में teenage लड़की है, you know. And that's one uh, way to gather data. Uh, Other uh, ways to do it this way. You're still gathering data. Right. So market right. has evolved and is evolving. Right. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And there are so many smart ways of doing it. I mean, today we can also just mine social media to get insights. Yes, which, yes. Uh, like you talked about observations. You said observations are very powerful. I, I think it's much, much, much underrated. So you know, there, 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 is this, there is this legendary story. I do not know if it's true or not. But when I began my career in advertising mm-hmm. or when I was in marketing uh, in HOM, I was told this story about uh, this head of sales or head of marketing or marketing manager in what was then Richardson and Son, now it's Procter & Gamble, right? The Wix company, Wix. And yes, he yes, used yes. to just go and sit behind a shop counter for, for huh. days on end, Fantastic. days on end, pretending to be a shopkeeper. Huh. Huh. Okay? And just observe customers. Right. And from there, he got so many so many insights, which informed the yeah. advertising communication of Wix. I am told, yeah. I am told, uh, I don't know for sure, but legend here, I could be wrong, that the concept of girl yeah. came from there because customers are saying it. Wow. Girl, it, nice. it may be a, uh, it may be a myth, apocryphal story, maybe it may be not true, yeah. but he legend here, marketing me. Wow. And this is what we don't do enough. Yeah. Oh, you know, as advertisers, as marketers, this, this is simplest things that can get you so much. It is it is the surrogate of consumer insights, what we, you know, gather through consumer research or data. Fantastic. So tell me, without bags of money, I mean, you've talked about one of the things that you've said about building a brand, about, about a brand is that it's a consistent customer experience. And, and a, a consistent customer experience shouldn't require a whole lot of money, right? I'm talking about a lot of startups, a whole lot of early stage startups who may not have a lot of money, but are looking to build a brand, understand the value of a brand. What should they be doing in order to... It depends. It, see, see, it depends on your situation, on your industry, on your market, on your product category, right? It's slightly mm-hmm. easier for a group of three engineers... To, be, to program and build an app or a website that delivers the same experience every time. 
because software will hmm. repeat the same experience. It's slightly harder yeah. to produce a jam or a marmalade, right, for a new company, because then you got to get a manufacturing process right. You got to make sure it's done right. each time the same way. You got to make sure the formulation is there. You got to make sure the ingredients are right, which is sourcing. Let's say you're sourcing apples. Hmm. Now, no two apples are the same. Hmm. So you got to have sourcing hmm. methods that you know you are sourcing right. So it's a slightly harder problem to solve if you're not just doing a software. So in right. your in your old economy, in your, in your old economy, real world, uh, problems are not so easy to have standard solutions for as they are in software. Right. Because the software will right. repeat itself. But the user experience, Sanjeev, could be more than just the product, isn't it? It could be in the packaging. It could be in the user interface like you were talking about earlier. It could be in the delivery. It could be in uh, in how you talk to the I consumer. Agree. I agree. Uh, so, listen. So, services are more variable than products. And you've got ah. the system and you've got your methods and processes all documented. And you've got a QC right. all there. Right? You can still produce it. You can still have standardization. Hmm. But a service where there's human beings interfacing and a hmm. large part of the service delivery is, you know, you know, hey, she wasn't polite to me. I didn't like, right? You know, that's just, that's variability. Yes. So, so standardizing that is slightly harder. I mean, you can do it with hmm. the aid of technology and training and the right recruitment. But there will still be some variability. And that is where there is opportunity to build a brand, isn't it? In the services sector then, like you're just saying, you want to make sure that every woman who's talking to the consumer leaves the consumer feeling exactly the same way. In the woke era, I'd say every woman or man. Sure. <laughs> Let the man not be left behind. Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. So Sanjeev, tell me, how does one build a brand without money? What What would you suggest? What would your advice be to startups? So the first thing is, if you are solving an unsolved problem, then hopefully your customer will buy. You won't have to sell. Right? Right. So mm-hmm. by, by your sheer product formulation or your sheer what you're selling, right? Nokri right. uh, did it. Zomato did it. Policy Bazaar did it. Right? Because they were solving an unsolved problem. Because, and they knew this unsolved problem from the customer insight that they had already had. That's the first thing. The second thing is, see, it is said that advertising builds brands. Now, having worked in advertising and in marketing and having been an entrepreneur now for 32 years, my view is that advertising does not build brands. Customer experience Fantastic. and word of mouth builds brands. Lovely. Advertising is an accelerator. It's a very useful thing in mm. the mix, but it's an accelerator. Mm. Which means, so advertising will make a good product succeed faster. It will make a bad mm. product fail faster. Mm. Right? Because the more people get to know about a bad product, the more people will not use it a second time. So if you don't have your product right, don't advertise. Hmm. get your product right only then advertise because get your product right and the moment it's accepted by a small bunch of consumers and they like it that's when you believe hmm. that hey I can scale this thing because I've got a product market fit right and right. that's when you advertise hmm. so advertising alone can't build absolutely advertising alone can't build See, advertising builds awareness advertising builds, builds some memorability of the advertising 
But if you try the right. product and the experience is not good, you know, no amount of advertising can convince you to right. buy it a second time. Right, right, right. So you can't you can't just create a whole lot of very high decibel levels right. and hope that consumers would come. If you're, if be- you have to deliver to your promise. Now, you, your right. advertising is communicating a promise. If you're unable to deliver to that promise, it's mm-hmm. the wrong advertising and your product is wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, don't do that. First, be sure your product is delivering mm-hmm. to that promise. Which means get the product mm-hmm. right first. It must be relevant. It must be different. Mm-hmm. R&D. Relevance and difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, relevance is what? It's solving an unsolved problem. That's how it's relevant. Right. Different means there's nobody else like it. That may not always be an easy one. It is not. It, I, it, it I mean, is not. But look, yeah. but if you're first mover and then you sort of roll out rapidly, then you occupy the space. Then everybody huh. else is a copycat. But if you're not a first mover and you're entering a crowded category and you have nothing to talk about in the product. Then you have a problem. I'm just a bread. I'm just a bread. I'm just another then, bread. Then you, be, then you then, better be cheaper or you better be more easily available or you better hmm. deliver to my house while huh. I have to go to the store. Yeah. So there has to be something. Yeah. There has to be something that you yeah. have so, to yeah, find. Good, good value prop. Yeah. Good old USP, which was 1960s advertising. Good old USP. What's your USP? <laughs> it need not. Which doesn't have to be in the product. It, yeah, it, it need not mm-hmm. be just in the product. But your product has to be at right. least com- competitive. You can't sell a bad bread. Right. That's right, good right. enough. Yeah. So yeah. So there's this concept that we call, you know, which is have points of parity, which is have. I mean. Uh, like I was saying about a toothpaste, at the very minimum, you must make sure that you do everything else that the other toothpaste. So, so let's do. let's look at this. See, see, there's a concept called spiky differentiation. There are hundred attributes. Spiky. spiky. There are hundred attributes. Ah. There are hundred attributes to a product, but it's okay. One me, I'm very different. And that one is relevant. Plus, pizza, ah. pizza, what is Domino's? How will it be made? Within X amount of time. Absolutely. Before in the before Zomato came, before Swiggy came, before food delivery was not was just in the local area. They put out a network, they put out a standard mm-hmm. pizza. Mm-hmm. Right? Product standard. Right? Right. And it's with you in 30 minutes. So, Correct. yes, it is a pizza company. And they put out the Yes, it is a pizza company. Huh. But more than that, more than that, it was a delivery company. Yeah. Very if nice. Domino's pizza, if very... Domino's pizza was delivered, you have to go there to buy huh. it or pick it up. It's not a field. So what was mm-hmm. different about Domino's? There were probably in that city 100 restaurants selling pizzas. They delivered to your Absolutely. house no matter where you were. They had a network of outlets. Right, so what right, is right. your spiky differentiation? Is that differentiation relevant? Or can you make it relevant? The second thing I want to say is on this thing of building brands cheap is a little out of the box social, little guerrilla marketing. You know, if you don't have money, you'll have to pay Okay. So I'll tell you how a few things we did at Nokri early on. Huh. Right. We said we have to source jobs. Now we don't have a large sales team right. to go out and source jobs. We don't have a call center will call them and give us jobs. What do we do? We just get 29 newspapers from around the country that carry appointment ads. We rehash those appointment ads in our own words and put them up on the site. So now we've got a hmm. cheap source of supply of jobs. Hmm. jobs away site pay, we know traffic will come because people are looking for jobs. Hmm. Right? What's the value prop? The value prop is today, so you come to our site, see the jobs you missed. Chennai, Delhi, 
come and see it we are creating an archive of all jobs published in ads in the last one month that's what nokri was when we launched and it cost us 29 newspapers a week into our office to do that to source those jobs and a lot of hard work just have it a work right now how do we attract more and more job seekers or how do we you get more and more jobs how do we get more and more jobs Network the virtuous circle, the virtuous circle, yeah. We've got the most jobs, therefore we get the most uh, you know, response, we get the most response. You know, it, it works for us, snowballs. Now, mm-hmm. after six months of taking free jobs from newspapers, we had got a database of six months of jobs. We simply took out the, which, 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 which simply took out the addresses of all the advertisers. In those days, there was no email. People had sent physical addresses mm-hmm. on, the, on, the, on the job ads. And you pulled it out. Okay. We had a database of three thousand recruitment managers around the country. We sent them all a letter, wow. saying, "Listen, mm-hmm. we know you advertise only a fraction of your jobs in print because print is expensive. Right? For six thousand rupees a year, you can put all your jobs on Nokri. And we began to get thousands of jobs, which were not advertised. Kilo proposition. Which was not advertised." Mm-hmm. Hmm. In, in print. Fantastic. So it was unique content. It was unique content which people wanted to know about. And so... And it's great value for both the recruiter as well as job the, seeker. Uh, the job so seeker. The job seeker began to come. Hmm. More and more of them. Hmm. The moment more and more job seekers came, more and more subscription began to sell. Hmm. So this was cheap marketing. Just a letter. And newspapers said job nikalna. Hmm. Right? The second thing we did was when we studied the print ad market... For appointment ads, mm. we discovered maybe mm. seventy or seventy-five percent of print ads, appointment ads, go to the Times of India group, either TOI or ET. The only other appointment ads in those days was the Hindu in, in Chennai, right? Okay. So we said, "Hey, we can take advantage of this." So we went to the second newspaper. Okay. We went to the second newspaper in every city, okay, and said, "You don't get you don't get appointment ads, right? Why don't we tie up?" Right, whatever appointment yeah. ads you get, we'll put on Nokri, and so your advertisers get a response, and you put up a selection of jobs from Nokri in your newspaper in a classified format, so that your readers oh. get value, and you can build an appointment ad section around it. So, nice. so readers Fantastic. get into the habit of looking at your paper, looking for ads, look, in your appointment paper. ads in your paper, and then you can get paid ads right. on the back of that. So build your appointment ad section. Very nice. And we tied up over the next three years with about 20 or 30 newspapers around the country. Wow. Wow. On this. And we were able to communicate to the offline users who were not on the net or less on the net about Nokri. Right. And so we got... Absolutely. Uh, You know, if you are running a small business, let's say you're an FM3G company, you're starting out, mm-hmm. you know, you can sell online uh, on your site or Amazon and you will get advertisers from around the country. You'll get customers from around the country. So you're selling, but you're not building a gud or a fortress. You are, you know, uh, you got, you're, you're, going, you're going wide and shallow. You're not going deep and narrow, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It may also be useful to consider going deep and narrow in a certain geographical mm-hmm. niche, for example. 
हाँ दिस इज अ ग्रेट वैल्यू संजीव दिस इज अ ग्रेट वैल्यू बिकॉज अ लॉट ऑफ स्टार्टअप्स एक्चुअली आर टेम्पटेड टू गो ऑल ओवर यू नो वाई डोंट आई एडवर्टाइज हियर एंड हियर वाई डोंट आई रिक्रूट सेल्स गाइज इन द नॉर्थ ईस्ट वेस्ट साउथ एट वेरी अर्ली स्टेजेस विच इज वेरी एक्सपेंसिव बट लुक मोस्ट डी टू सी ब्रांड्स और सो कॉल्ड ऑनलाइन सेल्स ब्रांड ऑनलाइन फर्स्ट ब्रांड अल्टीमेटली because online where you can only sell mm-hmm. so much fantastic india is so in india uh, is still largely an offline country so you have to sell Ultimately. if you want to if you have ambitions to really become big then you have to you have to have presence both online and offline and so and ultimately offline. beyond a point you'll be selling more offline than online i hope you liked my show and if you did please do consider subscribing i also have a youtube channel by the same name marketing by vani please do check that out too thank you So I did screw up. My YouTube channel is called Marketing with Vani, the same name as this podcast. 